And a good Saturday morning from Irish Creek Outfitters in Haven, Kansas, where it's currently 28 degrees. You're listening this week to Daddy and Daughter Outdoor Radio. Cherie, my number one daughter's with us here. We're making a little bit of a bird hunt up here in Kansas, and Cherie's volunteered to participate in the program this morning. Good morning, Cherie. Then we, you know, we like to get together and do the radio show. I was just telling somebody last night that's kind of like our thing. Been a long time history between the two of us. Tell us about Max a little bit about Max. So Max is a pointer, English pointer, and he comes from the Pointer Rescue Organization. And it's been quite some time since. Um, I'd been looking to get involved with that, and we did a lot of work with the organization. You know, there are a lot of things going on at our house, lots of other dogs, cats, small livestock, horses. And so with PRO, the Point of Rescue Organization, we did a lot of work to specifically match Max to our home. Um, And then we had to get Max, who was in Phoenix, all the way from Phoenix to South Texas, And that was quite an interesting feat. Um, Max did most of his drive in small segments that that were done by volunteers. And then his first flight from El Paso on a little into into Texas was canceled. He spent a week hanging over (laughs) until his next flight with um, Pilots for Paws made it into Pleasanton. He was supposed to land in Refugio. Cloud cover uh, prevented that. So we have Max, and we're giving Max a chance at a second life, trying to teach him to be a a dog and a pointer at that. So he's vacationing with us, and we're glad to have him. And we're going to talk a little bit more with Brooke Colley about what the Pointer Rescue Organization Pro actually does. So if you're interested in a pet or actually fostering, adopting, or maybe even transporting, getting involved in a great organization, stay tuned. We'll be talking a lot more about that. Uh, as far as back home on the Gulf Coast, all quiet on the east and west and front till next Saturday for the duck hunters. Uh, looking at the weather forecast yesterday, we looked like a pretty good morning to start off and got some good fishing reports, but you got a front bearing down on you and going to be hitting. Uh, it's in Louisiana now and moving, sweeping through the Gulf Coast uh, into sometime this afternoon. We'll have some live reports from our pro staff. Also, if you fish offshore, are you ready to comply with the Descend Act? That's going to be taking effect next month. And if you're not sure what it is, we'll explain to you what you have to do to comply with a new law effective on January the 13th. Our bad boy, the outdoors case, is uh, the case of the night hunters who were led by a law enforcement officer, strange as that may sound, in his squad car. Quite a story coming up on Bad Boys of the Outdoors. That official Coastal Marine forecast, not looking good. About 80% chance of rain today along the Gulf Coast. Uh, South switching to north winds when the front passes through. Very blustery north to 20 to 25 knots. Three to six foot, leave the snapper alone. You're not getting offshore today. Dense fog advisory to kick it all off. Kind of strange when we got a lot of wind in the same forecast with heavy fog, but you got a little bit of both. And on the inside waters, 10 to 15 knots. Again, switching winds from southwest to north as the frontal system passes through under some choppy conditions. Not that it means a whole lot, but your average tide range, 1.2 foot. And the Mississippi River level is 3.2 and holding steady. All right, there it is. That's the preview set up for this morning's show, live from Irish Creek Outfitters in Haven, Kansas. And we'll be right back to talk to Robbie Campo in Shell Beach right after this timeout. 
And along with me this morning, sidekick Cherie Dubuque, uh, double duting here on the radio program, getting a fishing report. We thought we were going to be talking to Robbie Campo. Robbie is out filling in, as he does so often, as Glenn Sanchez, previously owner of the Breton Sound Marina. And, Glenn, I'm looking at the forecast, and I'm sure you've seen it. And normally what we like to do is uh, take what happened the past couple of days and put that into a forecast for the weekend fishing. But uh, I think things are going to be quite different today and tomorrow than what they were yesterday and Thursday. Give us a rundown on what it's like down in St. Bernard. Right now, the wind's not blowing bad. Uh, you know, I, I think there's a window in the morning. Um, I get bad. You know, but that's not going to happen until this evening. So I think there's a window this morning. Yeah, if you get out and just kind of keep an eye on it, you you know, you guys are pretty far to the southeast, so it's got a little bit of time to travel, but it's going to be going downhill from here on out. Um, as far as the fog conditions, I got a report of dense fog because I'm in Kansas, so I can't see out the window. What does it look like fog-wise this morning? Actually, it's clear down here this morning. If you would have called, if I talked to you yesterday, it would have been a whole different story. But uh, right now, it's nice and clear. Well, good. Let's hope it doesn't build up any worse than that. Well, tell us what the fishing was like yesterday. Uh, I saw some pretty good reports of a mixed catches of sheephead, redfish, speckled trout coming in. Um, and how long will that last today as this you know weather starts to deteriorate? Well, I mean, they've been catching fish here and there, and, um, you know, I mean, we're so fortunate down here because you can catch a little bit of everything, you know, and uh, a, lot, a lot of fish being caught along the Lake Bourne shoreline and along the ship channel, and uh, who knows how long, you know, they're going to be able to catch them today with the weather, but uh, just going to have to play it by ear and, and see what happens. Give it a shot. Glenn, on all the years that you were down at the marina, you saw an awful lot of fish come across the dock. You caught a lot of fish. Your son's a professional guy. Uh, how drastic has this change been on bass showing up? I mean, I can't remember, you know, years ago, the bass as proliferate as they are right now down there. Well, you know, we have so much more fresh water down here now. I mean, they got the, the blue catfish that's down here now. With the bass, that's a freshwater deal, and uh, that's that's an awesome fish to eat, that blue cat. But, I mean, you can go catch bass in the ship channel. You can go catch bass over by Lake Robin. You can catch bass up at the Biloxi Marsh. You know, you can catch bass while you're catching speckled trout and redfish. It's, it's kind of neat. <laughs> You know, you mentioned that blue cat. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are strictly saltwater fishermen, and, and they get one of those blue cats, and uh, sometimes I think they just turn it loose. They think it's a hardhead, you know, a strange-looking hardhead. But, man, they, they're getting rid of something that's pretty valuable there in those catfish. I, I would not let them go. <laughs> it's really, really a delicious fish. And actually, uh, Monday of this week, we caught one. We put one in the boat that probably weighed six or seven pounds. It was absolutely the biggest one I've ever seen. And we got two beautiful slabs of meat off of that thing, you know, and, and what, they really are delicious. What were you fishing with when you caught it? Were you just fishing bait on the bottom, or were you no, – sometimes no, they'll, no, they'll hit the artificial. Well, we're mm -hmm. fishing bait under a cock. Now, we were fishing in about four feet of water, so, you know, your, your bait's close to the bottom, whatever, but – uh. You know, it was a it was a big it was a big catfish. I think we caught three of them Monday. You know, they they're showing up more and more. 
Glenn, let's look ahead a little bit. We got this window of opportunity this morning for people to get out. Then it's going to get rocking and rolling. Tomorrow's going to be a different kind of day, going to be a north, maybe a northwest wind blowing as the front comes through, temperature dropping, water falling out. Uh, how would you fish a day like tomorrow if you had to go? It's not going to be an ideal day to go, but some people have plans. What would you suggest? I would go get in, in some real tight marsh, put the wind to my back, try and catch some some falling tide because that's what you're going to have and uh, try and fish a current line but just get in some tight tight marsh just stay away from the open bays and, and the lakes and uh, you can still get it done I mean it's, it's not going to be one of them beautiful days to do it but you can still get it done got it uh, Glenn how's the bait situation at the marina oh, they, got, they got plenty of bait down here they're just waiting on the people to come get them and feed them to the fish alright they're willing to go and thanks for filling in. Where's Robbie, by the way? He's in Kentucky. He'll be there again uh, next Saturday, too, so you'll have to deal with me again next Saturday. <laughs> All right. We don't, we don't mind that one little bit. Thanks for the report, Glenn. We'll talk to you next Saturday. All right, Robbie. I mean, uh, Don, you have a good one. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Bye. Yeah, we got Robbie on the brain. All right, we come back after this, Cherie. We're going to be talking with Brooke Colley. Uh, with the Pointer Rescue Organization. Stay tuned. If you're looking for a hunting partner or just a darn good pet or just involved in, in taking care of some dogs in need, uh, you'll want to be tuned in for that. We'll be right back where you're listening to. Actually, we're going to have Jeff Brule sandwiched in between. He was supposed to go fishing yesterday, I think, over on the Pearl. We'll see how he made out. And he's also going to have some Christmas gift ideas for the fishermen on your Christmas list. We'll do that right here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And it's time for our freshwater fishing report with Jeff Brule. It is brought to you by Berkeley, a division of pure fishing, and also Penn, a division of pure fishing. And, Cherie, before we get Jeff in here, uh, tell, tell us a little bit about Penn taking the battle to the fish. Every bite on the blue water is just the beginning of a gear-testing battle of man or woman okay. versus fish. Okay, glad you clarified that. In this game, there are no ties. Since 1932, Penn has equipped saltwater anglers worldwide with gear like Penn's new Workhorse Battle 3 spinning reel. In nine sizes to allow anglers to take the battle to the fish wherever they swim. Go to PennFishing.com and let the battle begin. Sounds like there might be a Christmas gift idea in there. And Jeff's going to have some more of those. But let's talk a little fishing with Jeff Brule. Good morning, Jeff. Did you make the trip yesterday to the Pearl River? How was it? And uh, how's it going to change with this weather approaching? Uh, I hope it improves because I went and I caught four bass. Uh, I think just with the recent rains and the wind blowing, most of the places I've been hitting, tried some new spots. I just wasn't getting a lot of bites. Yeah, usually when you go and places like the Pearl and Venice, and you're catching you know small throwbacks here and there, you know the fish are kind of active. But yesterday it was a struggle just to even get a bite. Uh, but I think that'll change next week as the river goes back down. We get a little bit more stable weather. I mean, I went from the marsh up into the woods and just uh, the struggle to catch fish. But Sometimes that's how it is and not the right day and not the right time. And you just put it back on the trailer and go home and wait for the next trip. Jeff, did you get to break in that new launch on Middle River that they just finished, Wildlife and Fisheries completed? Yeah, I have uh, two words for that, floating dock, because uh, it's hard for an old man to climb up and out of those uh, when the tide's out. Those, those fixed launches are nice, but, you know, sometimes it's just hard to get in and out of the boat. you got to basically almost kneel up on the dock to get out but it's it's nice it's a very nice launch you know not to get that wrong but 
I think if they went to the end of it, they maybe put like a little floating dock section where you can get in and out of your boat pretty a little bit easier. Uh, that might help. Uh, but overall, it's uh, it's you push in the middle river. If you want to go down to the marsh, it's a real quick straight shot, and it's right in the middle of the action. So it's it's a great place to have one. All right, thanks for that assessment. Let's talk a little bit of Chafalaya Basin fishing. What's going on down there? Uh, like everything else, it's slowed down with the weather. Yeah, you get these fronts, and it's 80 one day, and then 30 the next. Kind of kind of just scatters the fish around. Reports are getting over there. Tournament weights have been pretty low, and it's kind of been a grind. Uh, just just the weather just scatters them out. Uh, try moving baits and punch cover if you see some good stuff. And basically, the junk fishing. You want to have three or four rods on your deck, and you might come up to a treetop, throw a crankbait, then a spinnerbait, and drag a worm through the top and you know you get a bite here or there and you might have a good tournament limit at the end of the day but it's, it's just a tough grind jeff we happen to have a, a low river lowest it's been in years as far as the mississippi and that affects the lower delta uh, how's the fishing down there below venice uh, it has slowed down I, I don't know if it's maybe just the cold river that's cutting the fish back or maybe they had some fish killed during the storm i talked to a buddy yesterday they got some tournaments down there this weekend and he did pretty good yesterday afternoon with all the conditions of the wind and the tide and stuff. Yeah, caught about 20 bass, but it's it's not like it has been in the past where you go down there and you're catching 50, 60 fish in the afternoon uh, if you find them. But overall, the yeah, fish are some decent size. Like these tournaments, if you get 12 pounds, chances are you're going to get a check. Uh, the, the weights are low in those areas too, and I just think the storms kind of hurt the fish, but also, the reports of the trout are in the, some of the passes around Cupid's Gap and some of those places. So you always have options down there to, you know, catfish, trout, whatever you want to go catch. It's an amazing place. And as the river goes further down, there's going to be a little pop-up this week all the way to Christmas, but it's not going to get above five feet. So the conditions should stay good for the next month down in Venice. Jeff, before we get to your uh, Christmas list, uh, in general, uh, we've got a front approaching. Pressure's going to be dropping and be high pressure tomorrow. Uh, as a rule, how does it affect the bass when we've got a situation like maybe early this morning before the weather really gets bad uh, for those fish to get active and turn on? Oh, the bluebird days uh, usually do two things. They usually try to find some cover to punch. They usually will get up under that cover to protect their eyes. And then sometimes I'll just downsize to like a little finesse worm. You know, you're not going to get a lot of bites. That high pressure does slow the bite way down, and it can be brutal. But you just have to kind of change tactics, like smaller baits and punching, and sometimes you'll get some good fish doing that. Jeff, somebody wants to treat someone to a real nice Christmas gift for a fisherman. Tell us what you're thinking. Uh, the, the Revo reels, they have every kind you can imagine, a high speed to slow cranking models. Just about every angler can can fall into that. Uh, something new they have the last few years is a virtual rod. It's, you know, high-tech redneck stuff where you, it links to your Bluetooth on your phone, and it'll record things like weather, temperature, fishing info, how many fish you catch, uh, and you can just it all loads into your phone from your fishing rod, how many cash you make, things like that. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> how far way, technology way. has come. Yeah, from the cane yeah. pole to, to the digital age of a rod that does everything for you. Very interesting. That's an Abu Garcia product. All right, and also i got a stocking stuffer too for us. Yeah, a spool of 15-pound big game line or a pack or two of red shad worms in Louisiana. You can do just about fish anywhere with that combo uh 
reds to bass to trout with that 15 pound big game and uh you can also catch reds and bass on these red shad worms too so that's always a good tactic to use when you're up in the marsh yeah i guess we would call that the swiss army knife of fishing 15 pound big game line and a pack of power bait red shad worms can't go wrong with that jeff thanks so much for the report we appreciate it and uh, we'll be talking to you uh i guess during the christmas week or week before christmas we'll catch up with you again yeah yep we'll talk to you then Thanks, Don. Thanks, Jeff. All right, Jeff Rule updating us on the freshwater and bass fishing scene. All right, don't forget to send us some texts. We're getting a few of them in. 504-260-1870. Tell us who you are, where you are. You got a report for us, a special announcement. We love to hear from you doing the show. And we come back right after this. We'll be talking to Brooke Colley with the Pointer Rescue Organization. That's how Max Cherie's new dog got here. And maybe you can get one of your own or at least help these pointers match up with new owners. We'll be back to do that right here. After a three-minute pause, you're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, here's the situation. Uh, We are in Haven, Kansas. Uh, We are at Irish Creek Outfitters. We brought our German short hair pointers. We've got my dog, Smokey, and uh, Cherie and Blake's dogs, uh, Dixie, Chance, and Briley, and a new guy who into the game called Max, and Cherie, Max is a uh, a rescued pointer. Tell us how you got involved with ending up with Max. How did you first find out about the Pointer Rescue Organization? So just like anything, um, Facebook, a wealth of information, and I'd been looking for an organization to participate in, and particularly one that would match a dog to a hunting home, and not all the fosters and ultimately adopted dogs that go into the pointer rescue organization will be hunters or even have previously been hunters. But we thought that that might be Blake and I, an opportunity for us to contribute in a way that might be differential. You know, as I watch our dogs out in the field, these dogs love their jobs and they love being there. And so I thought a dog that might have that history might be able to come out of his shell and ultimately be a great dog for someone who has an interest and maybe can't afford a very large investment of a pricey puppy or even wants to go through the puppy stage, you know. And so that's what we're kind of doing is Max has a history of being a hunting dog and we're going to give him a chance to see if the next phase of his life involves hunting Um, Or at the very least, you know, what we have found is he's great around other dogs, cats, livestock. And so that's also important to people who want to be a dog owner. If if you're just looking for a really good pet, this is a great way to find one. All right, we're going to pause 10 seconds. And right after that, we're going to be back with Brooke Colley. Uh, Brooke is with the Pointer Rescue Organization, going to tell us all about it and how you might get involved in it. We'll be back to do that. But first, we pause 10 seconds for our local stations to identify themselves along the outdoors with Don Dubuque radio network and again we're listening to kind of a daddy daughter radio show sheree is on one of the rare occasions where she joins me you've been doing this since you were in college you used to be my producer yeah i worked for food (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's that's true that's true all right let's talk to brooke collie introduce brooke for sheree who is brooke so brooke is involved and is one of the major overseers i think actually her title may be vice president of the pro organization and when getting introduced she was my first point of contact with the organization and helped to arrange all of the requirements that we'd asked for and finding max for us um, before then handing off to my mentor which is margaret bishop so 
Brooke, for me, is the face of the pro organization. Got it. Brooke, uh, good morning. Thank you for getting up early and sharing with our listeners this story of your, your wonderful organization. Good morning. Thank you so much for ha- having me. You know, it's really exciting to be talking about pro and our mission. And uh, so glad to be with you this morning. Tell us about the organization. How long have you guys been around? How are you funded? And what is your mission? So Pro started in 1999. Uh, Previously to that, there was kind of a group of breed fanciers for pointers that had said, hey, you know, we, we need to do something about all these pointers that are in shelters and are needing homes. So the some people that loved pointers just came together and started forming the organization back in 1999, and it has just grown and grown uh, since that time. Uh, We really operate all over the U.S. We actually even operate a little bit in Canada as well. We currently have one dog fostering in Canada, and we'll be moving another one up there soon. But our mission is to take pointers that are in shelters uh, that have no homes and bring them into foster care, take them and do all the health care they need, uh, behavioral needs they have, and really just get them ready to be uh, family dogs. And that, that could be, um, hey, we're a family dog. I'm, I'm on the couch or I'm playing fetch in the yard. It could also be, hey, on the weekends, I'm hunting with my family as well. Um, so that's, that's really our mission is getting those homeless pointers from all over and finding them homes. Tell us about some success stories. Uh, maybe, of course, the number of dogs since oh, this is like your 21st, 22nd year. Uh, how many dogs have you found homes for? And give us maybe one or two outstanding success stories of a dog that was fostered and adopted and matched up in a happy home. Sure. Um, I don't have the exact number for the whole time we've been around. I know uh, the board was talking at one point, uh, I think last year, and it's got to be over 2,000 at this point. I know, I think our, our latest newsletter that came out, uh, we're at about, we were at over 150 adoptions for this year alone and over, I think, taking in 20, 200 dogs this year. We've currently got about 70 in, in our care uh, now. Uh, so a couple stories on dogs and, and maybe one that's still in our care and then maybe one that's being adopted, but we don't say, say no generally. If we hear about a dog and it's got maybe a behavioral issue or medical issue um, we try to help it you know we can't we can't always say yes but we do our best so we actually currently have a couple dogs in our care that um, needed hip surgery we've got one named sugar she's fostered up in idaho she actually came to us um, needed she came from a plantation she wasn't going to be able to be a hunting dog um, to, to their standards to that professional standard anymore we took her in and she needed both hips uh, done. So she's had her first hip surgery. She, she is actually fostering with Margaret, who Sheree mentioned, and she'll be having her second hip surgery before long. But she's going to be able to go to a family and be happy. And we've got great pictures of, of Sugar uh, right now, mostly relaxing. But um, so sh- Sugar is a, a great story. And then uh, we have so, so many other stories, but um, many dogs come in and need heartworm treatment or uh, a knee surgery or something like that. We had a dog come in from uh, one of the Carolinas who, again, was from a uh, plantation. He'd spent most of his years hunting professionally for that plantation. That was his job. His name was Rebel. We were contacted. Rebel was eight years old, and Rebel was having a hard time 
keeping up on hunts, and he also was starting to favor his knee. Uh, by the time we got Rebel into foster care, his knee was fully torn, uh, so we knew we were going to have to do knee surgery. Rebel also had a tumor that needed to be taken care of, so it was months and months of his foster Kim uh, working with her foster mentor, working with uh, myself working with several other people in the organization, getting that knee surgery done, and now Kim has actually decided they have adopted Rebel, so he's he's in a loving home now. So those are just a couple of the stories I have recently. Yeah, there you go. Fake a problem and end up in a loving home. <laughs> <laughs> Brooke, stay with me. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. I want to talk about your Facebook page, how people can get involved, whether they would like to foster, adopt, or participate in what has been some long journeys getting these dogs to their fosters and to their adoptees. We'll be right back after this. We're talking with Brooke Colley with the PRO. Pointer Rescue Organization, and uh, hopefully we'll get some folks interested in getting involved. Great organization. We're back right after this timeout. If you're just getting tuned in, uh, you're listening to our broadcast this morning from Haven, Kansas. Uh, Cherie, my daughter's here, and we're doing the program. We're getting a little bit of pheasant and quail hunting in with our dogs. And if you're interested in getting a dog, either a pet or possibly a hunting companion, or if you would just like to become a volunteer and help find uh, homes for uh, dogs that have been uh, in shelters and looking for a a new place to live and a whole new life while you've come to the right place. Brooke Colley is with us this morning from the Pointer Rescue Organization. And uh, Brooke, if you would, you know, social media is here and I can't imagine how difficult you know, aligning up dogs with fosters and adopters and volunteers all across the country would be without the the media technology that we've got today. For all the bad things it's got, this is certainly one of the good things. Tell us about your Facebook page. How can people find out about it? Sure. We've got a main uh, public Facebook page, Pointer Rescue Organization. People can find that. We post all of our adoptable dogs there. We post our fundraisers. Uh, lots of information about the organization there. And we also have Pointer Rescue Org Transport, which is how we align our transport teams that are amazing and move dogs thousands of miles every weekend to get them from the shelters into foster care and then from foster care to adopters. So, Brooke, you know, Blake and I, we had decided that we wanted to foster a dog, and we'd come to that decision, and we're willing to make that commitment. But what are all of the ways that people can help Pro if they're not um, able to commit to foster or if they're not in a position to adopt? What kind of volunteers and assistance are you guys looking for from folks? Sure. We have so many opportunities. Uh, We have everything from, you know, in addition to fostering, we have things like our adoption screeners. So we have people that, you know, they take that application. They call the vet reference. Um, We do home visits either in person or virtually, you know, on FaceTime or uh, Zoom. We also then just talk with those applicants, get them approved, and then match them with those adoptive dogs. Myself, I'm in the foster coordination team. So I'm working with people like you, Cherie, to match that dog up to get into foster care. Um, We have, you know, plenty of ways to donate and get involved with fundraisers, but then the transport driving is an amazing thing. So it's all over the country, and how we move these dogs is it's kind of like a little bit of a train. 
Uh, we, we look for volunteers along the route. We're trying to move the dog. Typically, we, we don't move dogs longer than about 1,500 miles. That's about what we can do in a weekend. And we'll say, hey, can you drive 60 to 100 miles, drive this dog for that distance? And then you meet the next person, and they do the same thing. And that's how we get these dogs crisscrossed across the United States and Canada. Kind of like a relay race. Uh, Brooke, I've got to ask you, how did you get involved in this? What is your affiliation with pointers? Sure. So I actually grew up with German short hair pointers. Uh, had them since I was really little. And uh, when I was, you know, getting a little bit older, I was just obsessed with dogs and reading dog books. And I saw the pointer. And, of course, I hadn't really seen one in person before, but I thought they were amazing. Uh, started going to dog shows as I got in my teens. And, again, just, oh, my gosh, pointers are so neat. So I had just browsing on the Internet, found the Pointer Rescue website. And one day in my local newspaper, there was an ad from a vet agency that said, hey, we have this stray pointer looking for a home. And my husband and I said, well, we'll go look at it, and we can call this pointer rescue and tell them about it. Well, we went there, and let's just say we went home with a new dog. And he was <laughs> he was 10, and he had some medical conditions, uh, but we absolutely adored him. And uh, that was 2006. Uh, we had him for several years before he passed. Uh, and when he passed away in 2011, we said, hey, you know, his legacy is going to be we're going to help more pointers in need. And we took our first foster in December of 2011 with Pointer Rescue. And I don't know, it's been over 40 dogs that we've fostered now. But we're mostly helping in other ways, such as transport and with foster coordination now. Very good. It's fantastic that you're doing this wonderful work. Brooke, we've got to break it up here. But if you would, if for people that are not technically savvy with Facebook but do want to help, uh, is there a phone number that you can give us and we can give it out if people call us and, and want more information about PRO? The best thing would probably be to our website, www.pointerrescue.org. Uh, you don't have to be on Facebook to join us. If you can go to the website, you can start browsing dogs there, and you can fill out an application to either volunteer or adopt, and that would get you to the right person, and then they can give you a phone call to kind of get that ball rolling. Very good. Brooke, again, thanks so much, and best of luck on finding homes for all those pointers that need them. Thank you. Thank you, Brooke. We, we appreciate you joining us this morning. Thanks so much. Bye. All righty, Brooke Colley with the PRO. All right, coming back after this, Daryl Carpenter joins us, continuing our rebuild, build back better, to steal a phrase, about Grand Isle. And it's coming along much better. We'll get his full report next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, continuing our program, uh, continuing to talk to Daryl Carpenter and uh, tracking the progress of the rebuilding and the clearing and uh, all the restoration on the island of Grand Isle. He keeps us up to date each week. Daryl, what can you tell us this week? Don, it's kind of been the same of the same, uh, just continuing on. Uh, like I said, it's, it's starting to look good. You can, you can really tell that, you know, this has been a three-month-long, seven-day-a-week effort. It is starting to clean up. Of course, there's a whole lot more empty spaces than what there used to be on Grand Isle. Um, water service is becoming a whole lot more dependent or, or dependable. Um, I'm hoping that soon they'll, they'll declare it potable so we can we can start doing things like our ice machines and stuff again for uh, for drinks and stuff. Um, you know, everybody's kind of just fatigued and looking forward to the Christmas break. All these federal contractors are going to have an extended Christmas break, so. It's gonna it's gonna open up and 
and, you know, have a whole lot less obstacles on the island where people can come enjoy the holidays. You know, if you've got a place down here somewhere to stay, that continues to be our, our, our problem is, you know, we've had, what, maybe two hotels that survived. Uh, so until those that infrastructure gets rebuilt, the state parks closed down. They're, they're housing FEMA trailers. So it's a little bit tight as far as anywhere to stay. Uh, but I can tell you, Don, after we talked last week, the you know with that with that good weather the fishing just went ballistic everything up and down Barataria Bay uh, close in the oyster reefs just north of the island had a bunch of trout on it and there you're fishing trout that are a little more ganged up uh, I got some reports from some folks that were up in the marsh and just fishing the weed lines and the current lines those are more one-off fish here and there so it, it, it's more conducive to to fishing it kind of like like your bass fishing. You know, the plastics and the hard plastics work real well in that. But just the amount of trout that's coming out of here right now, you know, and it's just amazing, the size, too. Uh, so the fish, are, the fish are waiting on us. We just need to get our stuff rebuilt. Now, of course, we've got this big cold front coming through that, that caused a lot of damage in the middle of the country. Um, I suspect after that, that's when the side of the road is going to really heat back up again because it seems like the nastier the weather, the better that Highway 1 does. Yes, indeed. Darrell, what would be your best suggestion for someone wanting to come down there and launch a boat and, and get out there and catch some of these fishes that are really starting to really turn on down there? What what are some of the infrastructure options? Uh, pretty much bring everything that you need as far as as far as far ice, as far as fuel. They, there's fuel here. That's, that's no problem. Uh, we've got a couple of fuel stations open. Uh, but bring everything else you need. Just know that there's not going to be a whole lot of options. I, heck, Don, I haven't left this island in over, and it's it's been well over a month. I don't even, I can't tell you what shape Golden Meta and all is in as far as options there. Um, the Bridgeside's ramps are open. Sand Dollar's ramps are open. Uh, they're accessible. It, it, we're not ready for, for big crowds, you know. So, I mean, you got to use it sparingly, you know. Um, but, just have it all and be ready to go and, and look a good a good option right now because there is still debris in the water and if you don't know what to look for or where to look for it, that CETO membership it could could be golden. Absolutely, Daryl. Um, when do you expect the RealScreamers.com will be back up to take trips? Well, I've been saying March, Don. I've been saying I'm shooting for March, but uh, the way it looks, I, I'm I'm thinking that it might be a little bit sooner than that. Uh, as soon as I finish with these storm cleanup contracts that I've got. I'm going to turn my attention to, to my place. Uh, uh, I'm sad to say that my place looks just like it did the day after the storm. <laughs> it just hadn't been any time to work on it. But uh, yeah. but that's going to be quick. That's going to be quick, and the essentials are going to come first. And once we start back to fishing, I'll do the want-to-do stuff in the afternoons. Well, we'll have to do a celebration. And as long as you've been down on that island, we might nickname you Gilligan. That might be your new name. Man, if you knew how bad I needed a haircut right now. <laughs> I got some visuals. Daryl, thanks for the report. Thanks for that great positive attitude you got, too. Grand Isle with people like you is certainly on the way back, and, and that's some really good news. You can't do nothing but eat, eat a mouthful of sand at a time and smile about it at this point, Don. <laughs> you got it. All right, Daryl, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much for the 
information. We appreciate it. All right, coming up, bad boy of the outdoors, case of somebody you might least expect it to make that. Also, if you're an offshore fisherman, got the new Descend Act taking place January 13th. More fishing reports, that stuff you and I love to talk about. And, of course, your text messages, 504-260-1870. We're back with those right after this top-of-the-hour break from Haven, Kansas. It's the Outdoor Show.